From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, it's great to be back with you, and uh, how are you doing today? It's always great to be uh, here with you, Steve, and I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing well, and uh, it's it's always a good day when we have uh, some listeners that we can recognize and uh, we, we can point to uh, some value that we've provided and uh you and as we'll talk about in this episode, and uh, you and I say all the time, we get a lot of uh, good conversation out of AV and the AM. And Steve Ashby and Kid Atkins were talking about uh, device integration and uh, deciphering APIs, and just wanted to point to episode 67. Uh, that's a, a great episode where we talked about what is an API and um, We'd love to continue that conversation. So Steve and Kate, if you're interested, uh, let us know and uh, we, we can elaborate some more there. And that seems to be uh, an episode that's popular. So so going with the AV and the AM theme, um, you and I had uh, caught uh, wind of conversation about automation. So I thought that that would be a good place for us to dive in today and talk about uh, what I, is considered automation because that tends to be a buzzword and means different things to different people. So from your perspective, um, how would you describe automation in the AV programming world? Uh, to me, automation is taking multiple complex steps and simplifying it down to limited numbers of actions. Uh, for example, like in an, a classroom, if a professor comes in and they need to play a Blu-ray player uh, disc, you know, they come in, they throw in a disc in the player, they turn on the system and they hit play or automation would be they walk in, the system already knows that they're scheduling a movie that day. It turns on the system, turns on the player opens the tray, you put the disc in, and the movie starts playing right away once it uh, fully loads. To me, that's the difference with the automation over uh, this, you know, what some people are considering automation of, uh, oh, you're using a touch panel or something like that. Automation is, again, taking those multi multiple steps and simplifying as much as we can. And, and I, I would agree with you there, you know, it, it's one way of saying that we we want to do things with less work, I think is maybe a good way of looking at automation. And, and uh, another term we might think of is like a sequence of events. Uh, but but what you, you, you mentioned um, also made me think of something that is uh, an area that we need to clarify a little bit because we, we, all, we could also get into the idea of, of smart automation. So, you you mentioned about maybe looking at a calendar and being able to know what uh, what type of event or meeting uh, or use is coming up, and then preparing the system for that. Um, it, that is automation, but is but is that something that is um, is built in? Is something that we we have to um, uh, we we would consider that being like ground level, or is that something that requires um, you know, other influences and, 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 um, and, and other, other, um, input. I, I wouldn't say ground level, uh, but more requires other input and influence. 
so so um so that's also you know kind of talking about where we were we were uh, at the top of the show with APIs and stuff. I think that that's where we're we're tying in different systems, right? And we're we're getting um, input, um, we're, we're getting data, we're getting triggers from outside sources. Um, this is also can be done with a sensor, maybe where somebody comes into a room and things happen. Um, you know, a, a lot of people want these systems to be more intelligent and, and automation is what is thought of. Um, but, but what goes into making that work well? Because part of it is that, you know, an automation is, is good. And what you think might be a good sequence of events or a good, uh, trigger or, or, um, a, a good um, intelligent uh, uh, steps might be different or might not be applicable to everybody. Oh, yeah. So that's where I would say we get in difference between automation and smart automation. So automation, as you mentioned, is it's uh, taking those multi-steps and applying to everyone. So no matter if Steve walks in, if I walk in, my wife walks in, you know, president walks in, the system is going to automate the same way. Now, a smart automation would be, okay, I walked in. Now the system is tailored to my needs and what I'm doing. If Steve walks in, now it's going to tailor to him. If my wife walks in, it's going to be tailored to her, you know, go down the line. That's where we get into what's called smart automation. And um, you know how how does that um, play into the whole idea of say artificial intelligence? Because you know we have you know what 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 you're saying is that we need to differentiate who is coming in, and we we provide more of a personalized approach. But then, but but you know all of that to me is still um, predefined. You know, we, you know, we, we're, we're going to say what you, you want versus what somebody else wants versus what I want. And it needs to identify who that user is or who, who is the one that it's catering to. And it then say plays that sequence. But, but when we're talking about artificial intelligence, and I think that's where people get confused between what we're doing right now and what might be possible. Yeah. So the, to me, the difference between uh, smart automation and AI is kind of like you just said, if I walked in and I want the volume at 75% and, you know, I like country music, it's going to, that's, I walk in always going to be that way. Um, if you walk in, say yours is at 50% and you're a jazz listener, it's going to play that. Again, it's smart towards who the user is, but predefined uh, variables. Now, AI is, say, before I walked into that room, somewhere else, I was, you know, let's say I started listening to jazz somewhere else. Now that room is seeing all my inner connections. And I walk in that room and goes, well, maybe he's in the mood for jazz today and starts playing jazz. Uh, or even we look at some of these platforms out there like uh, Spotify or any of those other ones out there where, okay, you're listening to this song, you got the end of your playlist, 
here's the other songs you might like that you have no clue about. I've actually found many songs I like and bands I like from that feature. To me, that is getting into the surface of AI. I think AI can do a lot more than that, but that's getting into the surface of it. Because I think what you just said is really important. So it's kind of learned behavior. It's not necessarily saying what we should program because we're, you know, the, in the first uh, group of automation and sequences, we, you know, we can get to be very personalized, but it's still kind of, it's still preset um, just to some degree. Um, but, but when we're talking about using AI or artificial intelligence, we're talking about somebody coming in using the system. And then the next time they go to use it, their preferences are recalled in some regard. And to me, that's an ideal case. And we all want to get there. I, I personally have not seen that um, level of implementation being done in AV. And, and um, maybe we want to get there. Um, maybe it is possible. But we, we, we really have to be thinking about things a little bit differently. And, and expectations need to be set that a lot goes into doing something like that versus just doing... Um, automation where you're you're um, gathering inf information on the users and and giving them the 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 right sequence of events that that they that you anticipate them needing yeah um i agree i don't think it's i haven't seen it in av world yet um again listeners if Stephen and i are incorrect let us know comment um, I also, I'm trying to think is how can we do that? Like, especially with the AI and now smart uh, automation, we can do that. That's not a problem because a lot of those variables are already defined for us. Uh, but how we can incorporate AI into, you know, a mall experience or into a classroom experience, I, I think becomes more challenging uh, because once you get to AI, I'm feeling is you're you you are losing control, but we like to keep in control because AI you're allowing the system to be in control. Um, but especially in AV, we want to be in control. You know, we want to make sure the system is reliable and functional and doing what our users want to do. So we want to be predictable. AI is not fully predictable it's going to be learned it's going to adapt as it goes on so I, I think that's where is how can we get the ai to a point that we're comfortable enough that it's predictable and i just think it, we're going to get there but it's going to take some time so, so um if we walk through the scenario like you know people paint the the picture um as you mentioned about uh you 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 come into the room and the and the meeting starts for you and you sit down and plug in your laptop and your screen and it goes up on the screen and and uh, you you don't have to interact with the technology because it's it's happening for you. Um, that that's the scenario that a lot of companies, manufacturers, salespeople, marketers want to paint and that programmers have to deliver. In in your mind, is this realistic, and and is it something that the users really will be happy with? Is it realistic? Yes. Do I think we have a talent in AV to do things like that? 
yes, I, I really do believe we do. Is it something we can roll out with our users? I don't think so. Right now, I, I really find it hard to find, uh, believe that our users are comfortable fully with our systems. I mean, I even see conversations on AV and AM where they were talking about, oh, you know, we got to provide training to our users. So that is not even getting into automation. We got to give them training on the technology. They're not going to trust the technology and get into the true AI and allow the system to do what it needs to do. Now, granted, we're all walking around our devices on us, but we trust those. We know them. And we're comfortable with them, but we're not comfortable with a room environment. I don't know how many times I've seen a faculty member come into a classroom and they can use a tablet and a smartphone, no problem. But then they sit there and stare at the touchscreen. I don't know what to do. It's the same thing as your phone. Like, it, but it's technology. It scares me. But so is your phone. So I don't think we have gotten to that comfort level of those, like, you know, your vehicle and your uh, phone and your tablets and the things that us regular society is comfortable with to trust that go, okay, I'm going to allow that device to do what it's doing. I'm going to trust it. You know, we shouldn't always tr trust technology, but the second we take that same concept, you know, and put it into a, boardroom or put it into a classroom or put it into a mall experience it's like whoa i want to step back i, I don't trust you yet that's interesting to say that because i i i often say that when something isn't predictable when when somebody goes to press a button and they don't know what it should do that's when you have problems because that that's uh that that's when somebody's going to get scared because if they if they don't know what it should do, then it's not going to do what they expected to do because they don't know what it was, should have done to begin with. So, so that that's where sequencing and automation and and some um, of the the intelligent systems will um, can can be intimidating. Um, whereas, I guess maybe in at home in a personal life, because you know we tend to really look at this in in a more of a commercial education. Um, corporate business setting, you know, personal side, maybe people will be more comfortable because it's their home and they're, and they're used to it and they won't be, they're not in front of other people doing something that, um, that, that they were going to be embarrassed or something bad could happen. So I, I, I don't know if there's a difference there, but. I, you know. I think you hit it right there is like, for example, if my personal phone is not working, only person who truly knows it's me until you know you tell people yo my phone's not working and something like that it's not like i'm hitting my phone and there's 30 students looking at me and my phone's not working like so that risk that failure um looking the egg on your face is very um less in, on personal devices because again if you walk in my phone's not working okay no biggie i I can accept that behavior to a point. A lot of these people, a lot of society can't, but you know, to a point we can accept failure on our personal device, but we won't accept the same level of failure on our work environment or our work devices. Like that needs to work. You know, I got to do my job. I got my boss looking at me. Well, you know, technology fails. We know that. And 
it, it still goes to my whole thing of people are scared of technology. I still would love when I would have a user call me and be like, oh, the system's not working. There's an error on the screen. I'd be like, okay, what does the error say? I don't know. I don't know computers. You can't read? Like, that's, I'm not asking you to tell me any technical stuff. I'm asking you to read me what's on the screen. I find that hard to believe these days. I, I, I don't know very many people. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure it's a generational thing, but I don't know very many people in um, younger generations that, uh, that can get away with saying, I don't know computers. I, I don't think that you can get through life that way. I do think we, in a way, yes, in a way, no. Um, I, I, I think we do chop up the younger generation as being more tech savvy than I think they really are. Um, I do, Karen, uh, my kids are growing up with technology. They're using their uh, tablets and all that stuff without a problem. But my, like, for example, right now, my daughter, just picked her classes for uh, school that starts next week. She has a computer class. She has no clue what's going to be. She's like, I don't know. Like, she's kind of nervous about going to this class. And then, Grant, I don't know what the class is going to be either. And at least we're going to have these resources that I can help her. But still, it's like, yeah, I don't know that these people, this generation really understands technology to the root. But they're comfortable with technology, which I think is different. They're comfortable with technology around them, but understanding technology is different. I like that actually, and I think maybe that should be a future conversation that we have. Is um, it? It's understanding versus being comfortable with technology. It, that's. I think it's a really good point, and I think that's something that we could relate to EV. So be on the lookout for a future conversation about that. Uh, uh, before we wrap up. Is there something that we can do uh, to um, enhance our uh, enhance the user's comfort level? I guess with automation and and uh, like one thing that I I think of is is that we 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 can't only have an automation. You need to have some other means to be able to operate a system. It the purely automated system to me is asking for trouble. I, what, what, what's your thought about that? I agree with that. Um, and I'm on the same notion. I've even told my uh, student workers and my team members, I go, our number one job is to make sure classes go off. That means if a control system is not turning on display or routing video to that display, and I need to run a cable across the floor to the display to get them up and running, we're going to do that the old school way, but then we will come back and fix it. Uh, but that's, we need to have that option. Now, if there is no way of turning that display on because you need that system to uh, do it and that's the only way you do it, then you're setting yourself up for failure because what are you going to do? You're going to tell the class, oh, sorry, I can't turn on your display now. You know, you know, that three grand that we were talking about last episode, uh, just go home. You know, I'm you. You throw out the window because you can't do anything. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I there's a, a couple of things, and and if anybody wants to talk more about it, that I I'd recommend with automation. One is having at least a page like you're. I think you're talking about of of backup controls. You know, something even if it's just for 
a technician to be able to get in and say, I need to override. And then, and then the second is being able to adjust automation uh, because you never know if you, if you hard code something purely and it's only going to work one way, but being able to make some adjustments to it um, in real time uh, is, I think, a, a really good value and a good, a good way to be able to um, make the automation more dialed in. So, and, and that's something that we could talk about in a future episode, but uh, hope everyone uh, listening is able to relate to this in some way. We'd love to hear your thoughts about it. You know, is automation, um, what, what value does it provide and, and what impact does it have on, on AV programming? Um, James, how can people get in touch with you, uh, learn more about what you're up to and read some of your content? As always, you can find me on Twitter, AV underscore James King. That's where I'm most active. I'm on LinkedIn, trying to get a little more active there, um, as well as uh, I write for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, the IT and AV column that comes out monthly, uh, HEPMA member. So you Google me, you'll find me. So let's everybody all reach out and connect with James so he can be on, get more followers or, or connections on LinkedIn. Um, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, um, Twitter and LinkedIn, mostly on Sundays, Twitter, as we talk about on AV Mayhem, but I, I try to tune in on other days when I can. Um, uh, as far as content, um, AV Network, uh, Commercial Integrator, my company blog, controlconcepts.net, and also a state of control on avnation.tv. And, uh, but we definitely want to hear from you. We're, uh, we're on several platforms, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple and Google podcasts. If there's others that we're missing, let us know. Uh, please share an episode, leave a comment, rating, review. We really, it would mean a lot to us. So please do so. And we also want to uh, continue to offer up those topics and ask, answer those questions that the community has. So with that, this has been Ask the Programmer.